Ghost dance hall. Amen. Hallelujah. Be seated again. But uh, anyway, it's an exciting time. And of course, we give God all the glory, but but He does it through willing vessels that are uh, willing to sacrifice and give of their time and effort. And I know that it's been difficult. I've known Brother Perez for several years now, and we stay in touch. As I mentioned last night with Brother Lopez, we stay in touch by text. He sends me pictures and follow the progress and development. So I just feel really honored to be here tonight and to speak at this uh, special event. Good to see this beautiful assembly of people. I give honor to all the ministry that's here. Appreciate all the good words that have already been spoken. Seems like everybody that got up here felt anointing. If I would just feel a little of it, I'd feel a lot better. But sometimes, you know, the problem with with trying to preach after all that is that your message has footprints all over it. Everybody's already walked all over your message. and uh, But nonetheless try to obey the Lord here tonight. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to stand this evening and go to the word of the Lord in 1 Timothy. I must warn you in advance to call me two tape LVR. Some of you are wondering what what's tape? And then it became two CD LVR. If we get into two thumb drive LVR, you're in trouble. But I did notice when Pastor Perez opened the drawer, there were four portable mics in this drawer. I think they're here in case I wear this one out. We could be here a while. No, 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 no. I promise you, I saw the food downstairs. And I withheld tasting any of it, but I am going to here shortly, in a little while anyway. 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to read verse number 15, 1 Timothy chapter 3. The apostle said, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God pillar and ground of the truth. And we just can't stop there, can we? That next verse is one of the most powerful verses in all of the New Testament. So let's just read it. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, 
believed on in the world, received up into glory. Aren't you glad for a revelation of one God? God was manifest in the flesh. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. How about you? But I want to draw my message tonight from verse number 15. And in fact, I'm going to preach different than I ever have anywhere, anytime tonight. And I have really wrestled with myself about this today. There's 15 different directions that we could have gone. And I know some folks maybe came to hear a conference message or whatever. And this is not a conference message. And it's unlike any anniversary message I've ever preached. But it's what I feel. And I'm aware that there are a number of assemblies represented here tonight. My first obligation is to this local church. These good people that have put in so much time and effort to have this service and expense labored here so that we could be in this place. But I'm aware that there are other assemblies represented here and that by and large, many of you are relatively new to Pentecost. So I just want to preach to you tonight on this simple subject, preach, teach, talk, whatever. How to be a good saint. I told you it's different than anything I've ever done before. It'll either be good or it'll be disastrous, but it's what I feel. How to be a good saint. Who wants to be a good saint? Now, some folks may not understand what we mean by a good saint. Saint does not mean we're perfect, flawless. We're striving for perfection. Has anybody reached it yet? If there's anybody here, I'll hand you the microphone and I'll sit down and listen to you. But this is what the Word of God calls us. The Bible said, Romans 1 and 7, we are called to be saints. Numerous times in the epistles, refers to the saints of God. These are God's people, God's children. I'm proud to be in the family of God tonight. And that's what we mean by saints. And we want to be good saints. Anybody want to be good saints? If you're holding your Bible, lift at least one hand and let's ask God to have His way. Lord Jesus, tonight, Lord, we're nothing without you. We need your anointing. We need your unction. I pray that you would help me to faithfully represent your will tonight. Put your words in my mouth. Help me to be a blessing, first of all, to this assembly. Pastor Perez and his family and this local church, but also all the others that are represented here tonight. Lord, we pray your blessing on all your people members, visitors, oh Lord, that you would speak to all of us tonight in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. 
the apostle said that thou oughtest to behave. Everybody say behave. behave. The word behave means to act in a certain way or to conduct yourself properly. We need to know how to behave in the house of God. This is not really the house of God normally, but when we come here, it becomes the house of God because we have gathered together to worship our God. You need to know how to be a good saint. But of course, before you can be a good saint, you've got to become a part of the family of God. And there's only one way to become a part of the church. You can't join the church. You can't shake a preacher's hand and sign on a dotted line and become a part of the church. You have to be born into the church. Y'all going to help me preach here tonight? I'm going to be as basic as I've ever been, but this is what I feel. Jesus said to a very religious man by the name of Nicodemus who came to inquire of him concerning spiritual things. He said to him, you must be born again. And you've got to be born of the water and you've got to be born of the spirit. And if you're not born again, you will not either see the kingdom of God, neither will you enter the kingdom of God. Jesus is the one who proclaimed himself to be the door. You want to know how to get in? You've got to ask him how you get in. How do you get in? You've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. There's only one way to be born of the water and of the Spirit. You've got to obey the gospel as it was preached on the day of Pentecost by the Apostle Peter after the Holy Ghost was poured out. When he preached to them the first Pentecostal message and let them know that that man who they thought was a imposter and a heretic that they had crucified a few weeks earlier was in fact the Christ, the Messiah that the prophets had prophesied about for hundreds of years. And he said, you took him and you slew him and nailed him to a cross. And when they heard this, they were pricked in the heart because they were filled with horror and dismay to realize that they had entreated the Messiah in this way and wondered if there was any hope for them. And then Peter said unto them, No hope for you, you bunch of reprobates, you bunch of murderers and assassins. You committed the biggest crime that you could ever commit by crucifying the Messiah. To hell you go. You do not pass go. You do not collect 200. There's no hope for you absolutely. If anybody deserves to be damned, you deserve to be damned. And yet he looked in the face of the very people that had participated in the crucifixion and he gave them a hope. And he said, repent. Repent. It all starts with repentance. You can't get around repentance. There's no way you can live for God unless you repent. 
I didn't say repeat the sinner's prayer. I didn't say accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I didn't say go through some little... you got to repent. That means you got to talk to God for yourself. you got to let Him know just how dirty and rotten and sinful you are and just how much you deserve to go to hell. But if you'll have mercy on me, God, and forgive my sins and my transgressions, I'm glad to report tonight that no matter what you've done... How low you've sunk, how many sins you've committed, what a horrible life you've led. There's hope for you if you'll repent. If we repent, He is just and faithful to forgive us our sins. Can I get a witness in the house tonight? Not only must you repent, but Jesus said, He that believeth, and is baptized. There's the birth by the water. He that believeth and is baptized. Somebody said in response to a message I preached recently that that's works-based salvation. No, you cannot be saved by works in the sense that you cannot commit enough good deeds to earn your way into heaven. You don't get a chart with all these little squares and as long as you check them all off, you'll finally make it to heaven. Uh, Or if you pay a certain amount of money or whatever, you cannot make it on your own merit, on your own goodness, and on your own works. But baptism is not a work. When Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you want to be a part of the family of God, you've got to be baptized. And if baptism is important, how you're baptized is important. And there's only one way to be baptized. People think we, we shy away from Matthew 28, 19. We're not afraid of Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus said, go and teach all nations baptizing them you've got to baptize them in the name everybody say in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost how many of you know father is a name huh is father a name i'm a father is that my name that's a title it describes what i am but i have a name There's only one name, singular, that applies to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And that name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. And when he was to be born, the angel said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name of the Son is Jesus. And the Holy Ghost, who Jesus said, the Comforter, whom the Father will send in my name. Would you come to help me preach here tonight? Even if there were three entities, even if there were three deities, they all miraculously have the same name. They all mysteriously have the same name. 
You have Jesus Senior, Jesus Junior, and Jesus the second or third. Is that how it goes? No, there's just one name. Acts 4 and 12, neither is thou salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men. Whereby, is this an apostolic anniversary meeting or not? Whereby you must be saved. Salvation is only in the name of Jesus. Not only because it belongs to the man who went to Calvary for you and shed his blood for you, but it's the only name that contains salvation. The name of Jesus means Jehovah Savior, or Jehovah has become our salvation. There are 256 names and titles of God in the Bible. Every one of them speak about a certain aspect of the nature and the attributes of God. But there's only one name that has salvation in it. That's the name of Jesus. That's why He has given Him a name that is above every name. You ought to be saved. You ought to be proud. To have the opportunity to go down in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Something happens when you're baptized. Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Not just forgiveness. Forgiveness would be wonderful by itself. Amen. Some of y'all look like you've been sucking on, on uh, sour lemons all day. Come on, you ought to be happy about this. Where would you be without this gospel? What is remission? Remission is not just forgiveness. It's erasing the record. You can come in here a drug addict, a thief, a robber, a pimp, a prostitute, a drug dealer. No matter what you are. And when you are born again of the water and spirit, you're not just forgiven. Your record is erased. Oh, thank God for baptism. In the name of Jesus Christ. And that's still not the end of it. you got to be born of the Spirit. Thank God for the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, I'd like to live it, but I don't think I can. Let me give you uh, breaking news here tonight. Neither can we. Nobody can. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When you get the Holy Ghost, you get power. Power to live right. Power to dress right. Power to talk right. Power to be right. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord here tonight. Praise God. That's what it takes to get in the church. To become a part of the church. To become a child of God. 
You're born into this family. You take on the family name. You get up from that altar filled with the Holy Ghost. All excited, all happy. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Has it happened to anybody here? Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience. But that's just the beginning. That's just getting in. That's just becoming a part. Now then, you've got to live. You've got to live. You've got to become a saint. You may have grown up in the most dysfunctional family and lifestyle and environment uh, imaginable. And you may not even know how to be a good citizen. You may not know how to treat people right. You may not know how to be a good husband, a good wife, a good dad, a good mom, a good worker. You might not know anything. So now you've got to learn how to become a good saint. So all of that programming you've had all your life, much of it corrupt, much of it uh, perverted, much of it sinful. All that programming you got from television and Hollywood and, and, and the entertainment culture and, and rap music and pop music and country music. Yeah, I said country music. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. We'll be here for a while if I, if I detect that. I'm not one to back down. Praise the Lord. You, you know what they say about country music, right? Amen. When you play country music backward, you get your wife back, your dog back, your house back, your job back. And we don't even want to get into rap music. People come with all that stinking thinking, and now they're a part of the church. And now they need to learn how to be a good saint. First thing you got to do is fall in love with the house of God. Don't just come occasionally. Don't be a Sunday saint. Don't be a fair weather Christian. Come to church every time the days are, the doors are open. Sunday morning, Sunday night, if you got two services on Sunday, midweek service, revival service. Man, all those people want to do is go to church. Well, what did you do before you came to church? You didn't mind going to the bars and nightclubs and honky tonks and the sports arenas. Hallelujah. Don't give me that blank look. Folks that didn't mind sitting out in a bleacher in all kinds of weather. Might be snowing. Might be below freezing. Might be raining. But they'll sit there for over three hours and cheer while they carry a ball this way. Then they carry it back that way. Then they carry it back that way. And they scream and holler and they don't mind at all. 
They don't go away talking about the coach, keeping them there for three hours. Praise the Lord. You ought to look forward to coming to the house of God. And be thankful. I'm a part of the family of God now. This is God's house, so it's my house too. Devil might try to stop you at the door and remind you of your failures and your past and your imperfections. Because he's a loser. Everybody say loser. The devil's a loser. He was right up there in heaven and got kicked out. And now he doesn't want you to go. You ought to say, get out of my way, devil. I'm not here by my own goodness. I'm here because he called me. He justified me. He sanctified me. He washed me. Is this all right? I know it's plain rapper, but you got to fall in love with church. Be seated. You don't, you never know what you're going to miss when you miss a church service. You, you might miss a great move of God. Oh, I don't want to hear about it later. When I could have been there. Even if I couldn't be there and I heard about it, oh man, wish I'd have been there. That's what happened to Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Anybody here doubting Thomas? Poor guy, he made one mistake one time and he got stuck with the label. That's lasted for two millenniums already. Doubting Thomas. He missed one service and he wasn't there when Jesus showed up. You don't want to not be here when Jesus shows up. You never know when he's going to show up. Not only that, you might miss a message and some instruction that will save your life or turn your life around or an answer to a question that you've had on your mind for maybe years. Unless you're too sick to get to church, unless you've got a contagious disease, we don't want you to come and infect everybody else. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, no, we don't want that. But unless you're too sick to come to church, you ought to purpose in your heart. Fall in love with the house of God. And get here early enough to pray. If service starts at 7, don't get there at right at 7 or 7.05. That's just what time worship begins. But prayer begins before that. You ought to come early enough to pray. Praise the Lord. You've been exposed to all that junk all day long. You've been at work and people have been cussing and people are mad and upset. You've been listening to all that fake news. And all of that politics and... Whatever, and it's got your blood pressure up. Or maybe you had a little argument with your spouse on the way to church. Oh yeah, it do happen. Or the kids got on your last nerve. And you're half aggravated. If you come right at time to, 
for service, you're not going to be in any mood to sing. You got smoke coming out of your ears. You need a good prayer time and wash your mind out of all of that junk and all of that filth. Get that bad spirit off of you till you can get ready to worship the Lord. You might even have to go over to your spouse and say, Honey, I'm sorry. I want to be able to shout tonight, and I know you're going to be glaring at me, so I I just want you to know I'm sorry I didn't mean it. I don't know what I was thinking. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Come early to pray. I'm talking about how to be a good saint. And then when it comes time to worship, worship. Don't stand there like a mannequin in a showroom. Don't telegraph your approval or disapproval of the song. If it's a song you don't like, I don't like that song. Well, we're not singing to entertain you, honey. We're singing to glorify our God. There's some songs I like better than others. But even the songs that I don't like as much, I'm going to still worship God. He's been too good to me. We don't worship to feel good. We don't worship to feel good. Well, I worshiped and I didn't feel nothing. So, we come to praise Him because He's been blessing us all week. He blessed you when He kept you from that bad accident on the way to work. All kinds of ways God's blessed you. He deserves our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Be seated. You know, I can tell you how to get rid of depression, discouragement, and despondency in one easy lesson. You want to know what it is? Let's take a vote. How many want to know how what it is? Let's hear the yeas. Let's hear the nays. The yeas have it. Here's what you do. You want to know? Here's what you do. See, some folks are too stuck up or too despondent, too upset to lift their hands so they stand there with their shoulders slumped and their head hanging down. And wonder why they don't get no victory in church. You'll come to the house of God and lift your hands. Lift your hands and praise Him. Somebody try it right now. Oh, you'll feel so much better. You'll feel all that stress start bleeding away when you start singing the songs of Zion, when you start juking and jiving in the Holy Ghost, clapping your hands. Sometimes you got to squinch your eyes shut. 
You know what I mean by squinch? Squinch your eyes shut so you don't see none of that going on around you. And put your mind on Jesus. And let some hallelujahs roll. In fact, I'm going to give you another little exercise. You want to know what it is? Let's hear the yays again. All right, I'll tell you. You don't have to be so belligerent about it. <laughs> Amen. I, you might be all by yourself, and you might not be feeling one thing. You're trying to pray, and it feels like the whole world is pressing down on you. Let me tell you what, what to do. Stand there, and, and from your tippy toes, let a hallelujah come out with everything in you. Now, don't say, I'm too timid for that. You're not too timid for that. I've heard some of you mamas get on to your kids. I know you're not. If you'll just say, hallelujah. 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 I promise you victory will come. Joy will come. Happiness will come. Victory will come. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord here tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Worship will help you connect with the presence of God. The earthly will touch the heavenly when you worship Him. He inhabits the praises of His people. He's surrounded by millions of angels and they're worshiping Him in ways that you can't even imagine. Let me me give you another little secret. God didn't need Elvis Presley to come up to heaven to show the angels how to sing. So y'all don't be judgmental. Hallelujah. Yeah, He's up there teaching the angels how to sing. No, He's not. The angels already knew how to sing. Furthermore, if he wasn't born again, he's not there. I just made somebody mad. Talking about Brother Elvis. Hallelujah. Amen. God is surrounded with the beautiful sound of angels, but he would rather hear you with trembling voice. Say, oh, how I love Jesus. God, I want to thank you for saving me. I want to thank you for having mercy on me. I want to thank you for your grace, for your kindness, your love. I want to praise you, Lord. You've been better to me than I deserve. Hallelujah. Nobody's ever loved me like you have. You see how you start feeling the presence of God immediately when you start doing that? Praise God. Praise God. And learn how to back up the preaching of the Word of God. And many of you are doing that right now, but you should do that when there's just a handful present. When it's just you and your pastor. could be a midweek Bible lesson. Don't be all slumped over on your elbow. 
When's he going to finish? My God, he's been going 45 minutes already. You know, if he's preaching the truth, you need to say amen. We're not doing it for his ego. These men are faithful enough. They're going to preach if you sit there like a rock. But it will help you to be able to absorb the Word of God. If you can learn to say, that's right, Pastor. Preach it. Tell it like it is. Don't hold back. Don't be afraid. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Lift your hands and worship Him, would you? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. Be seated. And so speaking of the preacher, if you want to be a good saint, you need to develop a good relationship with your leadership. And most especially your pastor. It's already been quoted tonight. But let me read it again. Ephesians 4, verses 8 through 12. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Everybody say gifts. God's a gift giver. And then in parentheses, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended? First into the lower parts of the earth. Excuse me. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things, parentheses. So then it comes back to what he was saying about giving gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. We already heard it tonight. For the perfecting of who? That's what we're preaching about, the saints. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The best gift God has given to you is a preacher. That will preach to you the truth even when you don't want to hear it. Don't be one of those folks that say, well, he hurt my feelings, he offended me. So I'm going to leave and go to another church. Until I find somebody that tells me what I like to hear. Yeah, the Bible talks about that kind too. They have itching ears heaping to themselves teachers. That's not what you need to be. You need to learn to bring your spirit, your carnality under control. And even when the Word of God rubs you the wrong way, you need to be thankful that somebody's got the guts to stand up here and preach the truth to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And sometimes you're going to need special counsel and advice. And you need to seek it from your man of God. Above all else, don't check with your neighbors, your extended family. See what your friends think about it. Your co-workers. Amen. You need to seek the advice of the man that God has given the burden over your soul over. And seek his counsel and advice. But let me give you a little secret. 
90% of the time, your questions are going to be answered during the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. God knows what you need. And He's able to anoint the man of God in an amazing way. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Sometimes when he's preaching, you're going to think, Who told him? Who called him? Who squealed on me? Where's the rat? Now, if he's, if he's plugged into the Holy Ghost, amen, he's going to preach and he's going to, you're going to sit there in amazement. How did he know I was thinking that? How did he know I was feeling that? Most of the time you will get your answers during the preaching. So you need to pay attention to the preaching. Don't be checking your text messages and your email and And the scores. In fact, that's an offense to God. Oh, don't look so holy. Some of you do that. Even have folks slip out of the service and go in the bathroom at the right time and wonder who's winning. You need to be plugged into what the preacher's preaching. God's trying to tell you something. Don't be like that person that went to an elder minister friend of mine and asked him one night, Were you preaching to me tonight? And he said, Were you here? If you were here, I was preaching to you. Is this okay? I mean, this is different than any anniversary message I've ever preached Amen. But there's going to be that time when you're going to need counsel. Go to your man of God. He's not always going to have the answer. But what he can say is, I'll tell you what, I don't know right now, but we're going to pray together. The Bible says where two or three agree. And God's going to give direction. I'm going to be praying with you about this. And sooner or later, direction is going to come. He's not always going to have, you know, that word from heaven immediately right then. Well, I thought he was spiritual. He could, he is. He'll hear from God. But sometimes God doesn't answer right then. Sometimes the best thing we can say is to tell you what. I'm not sure, but we will pray about this. Everybody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. And so you need to listen to the voice of your shepherd. Several years ago when we went to Israel, Brother Lopez was with us on that trip. I don't know if you remember, we stopped at Bethlehem. On the outskirts of Bethlehem, there are the ruins of the castle of Herod. And that's where the wise men went when they inquired of Herod concerning uh, this child that was supposed to have been born. And so the ruins of his of his castle, of his palace are there outside of Bethlehem. And so the tour bus had pulled off and we were there taking pictures of these ruins. And coincidentally, there was a flock of sheep right there. 
And there was a, a young man who was the shepherd of those sheep. And when those tour buses pulled in and all these tourists come out with cameras, you know, cell phones, it spooked some of these sheep. And there was a lamb, it wasn't a small lamb, but about a half-grown lamb that took off in a panic. And he was running this way and that, and he ran up from the field up to the sidewalk right next to the road. It was dangerous, dangerous. He, did, You know, he's unsure of himself. He's just running this way and that. And that shepherd, who actually had a speech impediment, he had a cleft palate. I don't know what he called out, but he called something out to that lamb. And immediately, that lamb turned around and came running right to his feet, trembling, scared, nervous. It didn't matter to him that his shepherd had a speech impediment and a cleft palate. That was his shepherd. He recognized his voice above all the other sounds and noises and voices. You need to listen to your shepherd. Don't get advice from other preachers. Listen to your shepherd. Don't get advice from social media. Get your advice from your shepherd. Have your ear tuned to the voice of your shepherd. Everybody say praise the Lord. I'm talking about how to be a good saint. Praise the Lord. Keep, keep your pastor informed. If you're going to be making some major life changes, you need to talk to him about it. If you're looking into a career change, a job change, it doesn't hurt to talk to your shepherd about it. Because it could be that that job, may, I don't care if it has a better salary and better positions, it just may not be right for you right then. You need to give your shepherd the chance to pray about it and say, you know what, I don't have a good feeling about this right now. Well, who does he think he is, huh? He puts his pants on the same way I do. And who's he to tell me? That's what, that's why you need a shepherd. Keep him informed. When you're going to go out of town and miss church, you ought to let your shepherd know. When you're sick and you can't make it to the house of God, don't make him wonder and worry. We're so and so tonight. Anybody seen them, heard from them? Question marks over everybody's head. No, you need to let him know. It's so easy nowadays. Send him a text. Give him a call. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not feel, I'm really not feeling good. Now don't be one, like one of those folks that on Sunday said, I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna miss Wednesday because I don't, I, I think I'm not gonna be feeling good that night. <laughs> don't anticipate your infirmities that much. But you ought to let him know. It's, it's common courtesy. How would you like it to be if you were the shepherd? Is this alright? You didn't shout on that one, but it's still true. If you're gonna visit another church, you should let him know. If you're gonna miss your church service for any reason, you ought to let him know. Wouldn't you want your kids to tell you? Wouldn't you want to not want to have to stare across the table at an empty seat? And, well, where are they? The man of God has a burden. 
You know, a lot of times the, the people that I feel the most burdened for to preach a certain message, guess what? They're not there. Not there. I've prayed, I've sought God, I've cried, and they're not there. Anybody want to be a good saint? Give your pastor that courtesy. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Amen. And if you don't understand some things or you get confused, it's okay. You're not always going to learn everything right away. You may hear a lot of things that are new to you, especially if you're fairly new to the church. I never heard that before. Don't worry. There's a whole lot in this book that you probably haven't heard before. You just got to be patient. Eventually, God will give you understanding. Will clear your thinking about it. Read about the disciples and Jesus. They were with them for three and a half years, some of them. And yet there were, at the end of his time with them, he said, I have a lot of things to tell you yet, but you're not able to receive them. After they were personally with Jesus Christ. You can be in church for years and still wonder about some things. But understanding will come. Maturity will come. You'll grow up in God. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Keep coming to church. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, if you wonder about things concerning the standards of the church and, and the dress codes and the rules of conduct, instead of getting angry and bitter and upset and offended, ask Him. I don't mind people asking me honest questions. If they really want to know, if you want to be argumentative, it's going to be another matter. We've got a little experience in dealing with argumentative spirits. You're not the first one. No, no, you're not the first one. You're not the groundbreaker. There's been a few folks be argumentative along the way. If you want to be argumentative, it's not going to go well. But if you really want to know. Amen. We, I believe that all of our standards can be explained logically and biblically. If you really want to know. Clap your hands to the Lord, would you? Praise God, praise God. Get close to your man of God. That's not all. Learn to fall in love with your church family. Your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Here's more breaking news. None of them are perfect. I asked a question earlier and nobody volunteered. So don't let them tell you otherwise later. They had the chance. Nobody perfect. And after you've been in church for a while, when you first get in, it's like, oh, these are the most wonderful people in the world. Where have you been all my life? And then after a year or two, you start learning about all their little idiosyncrasies. You start learning about their warts and wrinkles and their little, their little, you know, character flaws and they start grating on, uh, on your nerves. Some people get on your last nerve before they ever get on your first one. There will be some folks you get along with easier than other folks, but they're still your brothers and sisters in the Lord. God loved them too. That's why He put them in the church. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I'm not going to go to church because there's, there's so many hypocrites. Uh, 
I'll admit that occasionally there's a hypocrite that, that creeps in. But the, the real issue is this. Y'all really want to know? The real issue is this. It's not that there's hypocrites. A real hypocrite, you know, somebody who, who does the opposite of what they profess, like you never have. Yeah, yeah, if there might be a few hypocrites, come on in, there's room for one more. The real issue is they're struggling people. They make mistakes. They make errors in judgment. They say things that later they regret saying. They do things that they realize later are stupid and dumb. But they keep coming because they want to be saved. And that's what you ought to do is keep coming. Take your eyes off the hypocrites and put them on Jesus. And learn to pray for your brothers and sisters. Learn to love your brothers and sisters. Because you have something in common. You've all been washed by the same blood. All been baptized into the same name. Hallelujah. All been saved and redeemed by the same Lord. And saved by the same gospel. We've got something in common. You ought to love them as much or more as your own natural relatives. Because, hey, these are your brothers and sisters that are on their journey toward heaven. Just like you are. And sometimes they're going to stumble. And they're going to fail. And they're going to make mistakes. And instead of talking bad about them. And instead of running them down. And getting on social media. And telling the whole world about what you don't like. You need to get on your knees and say, God, help my brother. Help my sister. They're struggling right now. Help that young person. Oh, there ought to be nobody that if they should leave, you say, well, good riddance. About time they left, there wasn't no room in this church for me and them. You shouldn't have that attitude. Nobody looks better going than coming. You need to pray for, what if they were your son or your daughter, your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband? You'd want the whole world to pray for them. Amen. Learn to love your brothers and sisters. And if you're new converts, let me tell you something. These folks that have been in church for a while, uh, you know, they can help you in a lot of ways. You can ask simple questions, you know. Uh, how do we do this? How do we do that? And they can help you. Now, if it comes to something more, more profound and deeper than that, a real, you know, life issue, a real good saint will direct that person to their pastor. You know what? That's a question for the pastor. You need to go ask him. But I tell you what I will do. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. After you've been in church for a while, you're going to learn to love and appreciate these saints of God because everybody goes through stuff. Everybody goes through trials and tribulations. And, and, and when you have victories, they'll, they'll rejoice with you. Or at least you should. Your brother or sister pulls up at the, in the parking lot in the new car. 
Well, who do they think they are? I deserved a new car more than they did. <laughs> look at that new dress and look at that new pair of shoes. My God. Your, your attitude ought to be bless them, God. Bless them. Because you know what? They're going to cry some tears too along the way. They're going to have some heartaches. They're going to have some struggles. And when, and when tragedy comes to your life, and it will come, these wonderful saints of God will band together around you. They will pray with you. They will encourage you. They'll cry with you. Yeah, they will. They'll hold you up. Is this okay, brother? I'm sorry. Sorry if this is too elementary, but I, I, I wish somebody would come and preach this in my church. So why don't you preach it yourself? I did, and they didn't pay no attention, some of them. Because people get immune to the sound of your voice. That's why we need evangelists. That's why we need other preachers to come by and reinforce the same message. And some of them are already perfect. They don't need anything I have to say. Praise the Lord. I'm being facetious. But learn, learn that they are your fellow travelers on this great journey. One of these days you're going to shout on the streets of gold together. And won't that be a great day? Won't that be a great day? You lift your hands and praise Him again. I'll try to hurry. Try to hurry. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anybody want to be a good saint? You really want to be a good saint? Because I'm getting ready to hit you where it hurts. If you really want to be a good saint, you need to learn to support your church. With tithes and offerings. Well, it looks like they have enough already. The preacher drives a better vehicle than I do. Lives in a better house. It's not about that. It's getting into God's financial plan. And His financial plan is very simple. You want to know what it is? It's this. If I give you $100, will you give me 10 back? Huh? Who wouldn't take that? Anybody want to give me $100? Right now, I'll give you ten back. If you want to give me a thousand, I'll give you a hundred back. Well, I mean, I'll let your pastor do it. Hallelujah. That's God's plan. I'll bless you. You give me ten percent back. Ten percent is what you owe to God. Well, I'm having a hard enough time paying for my gas now. I'm having a hard enough time paying my grocery bill now. I'm having a hard enough time paying my electric bill now. That's another reason why you ought to fall into God's plan. Because God knows how to take care of His own. Tithes is what you owe to God. Offerings is what you voluntarily give. Over and above that. And here's what the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? 
in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Here's the deal. Whenever you hold back on God, the rest is never going to be enough. You're always going to be behind. And God knows how to collect. That car breaks down. Air conditioning stops working. There's a medical bill. There's this. There's that. And those kind of folks never seem to get ahead. Why? Because they're cursed. When you withhold on God, you get cursed. Oh, there they are. I knew they were going to preach about money sooner or later. Anybody want to be blessed? Because he goes on to say, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there be may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And here's the other good part of it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You don't have no power against the devil, but God does. And when you get under the umbrella of his blessing, he can rebuke the devourer for your sake. Anybody need a blessing from God? Well, I... I gave $10 in the offering and I didn't get nothing back. That's because you're just looking at it in dollars and cents. But God has other ways to pay back. His name's not Elon Musk. His name's not Bill Gates. They only understand in one, in one strata. Amen. But God can bless in many ways. And when the devil comes knocking, I need God to answer the door. Praise the Lord. Support your church. It's your church. It's your church. And God will bless you for it. Well, I just don't believe it. We'll do what the Bible said. Prove Him. Just prove Him. And see what God will do. I'm not going to go into great detail, but I, you know, my wife was badly burned in an accident five months after we were married. And it was the beginning of a trial that lasted over two years. And we had financial bills running out of our ears. There was no way to pay for it all, no way to keep up. And I was an evangelist at the time. I didn't have much at all. We were barely scraping to survive. This was my own decision, my own decision. I said, you know what? This is what we're going to do. Instead of giving God 10%, I'm going to start giving Him 20 We were barely surviving. I... That was my, I'm not saying you should do that. That's just what I decided to do. I said, we're going to give God 20. In a matter of a few months, God had taken care of all of it. All of it. You can't go wrong by putting God to the test. And not only support your church in tithe and offerings, but support the church in your time, in your talents, in your abilities. Don't just show up at church time. Whatever else is going on, be a part of it. 
be in that kitchen cooking, be cleaning up, be mopping, be vacuuming, be, be emptying the trash. Some folks just show up to eat and they leave early. Hallelujah. Be one of those that says, what else can I do? I love my church. I want my church to thrive. I want my church to survive. Hallelujah. If you see your pastor, your pastor's wife doing something that you can do, why don't you walk up and say, Pastor, let me do that. Pastor's wife, let me do that. Hallelujah. I'm almost done, believe it or not. I'm not going to need those other microphones. Praise God. I'm talking about how to be a good saint. With all of that, you need to also begin to learn to have your own walk with God. Your own consecration. Learn to have a prayer life. Not just when you come to church. But you need to pray on your own. Pray at home. Whatever time is best for you. Get up earlier, a little earlier in the morning. Pray. At first you might run out of things to say in five minutes. Or fall asleep, one. But, but start making a habit out of praying. And you'll find after a while five minutes isn't enough. Ten, ten minutes isn't enough. And, Fifteen minutes isn't enough. And, hey man, you feel the Holy Ghost begin to move in your spirit and you start praying and interceding for your church and travailing for the souls of men and women and praying for your pastor and your preacher and the Word of God and the work of God. You'll run out of time before you run out of words. Have a walk with God. A prayer life. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And read your Bible consistently. I know this is generic, but I'm talking about how to be a good saint. Read your Bible. Not just when you, don't be one of those folks that only opens their Bible when the preacher announces his text. They underline it. They write the preacher's name, the date, and the title of the sermon so they can remind him later just in case he preaches it again. You preached that three years ago. I got it right here. Yeah, I had to preach it again because you didn't get it that time. Amen. But anyway, don't be one of those folks leaves their Bible at church. Just so they don't have to worry about taking it home and remembering it to bring it back. And anyway, you ought to make a habit of carrying your Bible in your hand. This is just me now. Whatever these men say is fine. But you need to fall in love with that book. And that tablet and that smartphone is no substitute for this book. I know you can read the Word of God in there, and I use it too. I use it too, but there's nothing like this book. I like to pray with my Bible open in front of me. And, 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 and there's teardrops that fall and stain the pages. And when the Holy Ghost talks back to me, I like to write it down and underline. There's, there's no dignity to a spotless Bible. Underline it. Write in it. 
Let the pages get dog-eared. Let it become a personal thing to you. Fall asleep with it laying on your chest. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm glad that I fell in love with the Word of God as a young boy. I remember when I got my first Bible. You can think I'm weird if you want to. But there was nothing, no other book that smelled like that. I'd open it up. Those pages and that ink, it just had a unique smell. And I loved it. And I'd fall asleep with it laying open on my chest. 10, 11 years old. Hey Amen. That's what kept me in my teenage years. And it kept me in my young adulthood. you got to fall in love with the Word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my pathway. Hallelujah. Anybody want to be a good saint? You can't be a good saint without loving His word. I know I need to read my Bible, but I need to check whatever on my smartphone one more time. I gotta watch this video clip. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And after a while, you forget all about your Bible. We're raising up a generation that doesn't know their way around the Word of God. You need to fall in love with the Word of God. If you want to be a good saint, if you want to survive. I'm almost done. Can you just give me a few more minutes? But, but I, you know, you think about this often. When Jesus was tempted of the devil in the wilderness, he was the Word made flesh. He was God manifest in the flesh. I read it to you right here in First Timothy, Timothy three sixteen, that he was God manifest in the flesh. He was the Word. The Word was made flesh. Anything he would have said would have instantly become the Word of God. And yet with every temptation, he responded by saying, it is written. In other words, there was enough firepower in the Old Testament to counteract every temptation, every attack of the enemy. He wanted you and I to know that everything we need to survive and be victorious is in that book. What plan do you have to defeat the enemy if you don't love the Word of God? What's your plan B? What's your plan B? Fall in love with the Word of God. Amen. Study it. Underline it. Pray that God will, till God gives you your own personal revelation of the, of the Godhead until you get excited and you're laughing while crying at the same time. <laughs> here's another verse. Oh, here's another one. There's another one. And the next time the pastor gets up to preach, you can say, yeah, that's right. I see it for myself now. Instead of giving that lame excuse to those co-workers when they ask you, why can't you do this? Why can't you go there? Why can't you say, well, my pastor won't let me. It's because I got a tyrant for a preacher and he won't let me. You'll be able to say, no, it's because I have a walk with God and I want to please God and His Word. His Word is against that. And 
And I want God to be pleased with me. Let's stand tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This is a part of being a good saint. When you really fall in love with the things of God, you know what happens? You can't keep it to yourself. You'll be a witness. And there's something about being a witness. You just got to tell somebody. You're not ashamed or embarrassed. At lunchtime at work to kind of go... They can't really tell you're praying over your food. Just rub your eyes, you know. Don't be ashamed of who you are and what you are. You may not have all the answers yet. You may not know all the ins and outs of all the doctrines and all the scriptural whatever. But you can say, let me tell you what, I can tell you, God turned my life around. If you'll come to church with me, same for you. Can I get a witness here tonight? Hallelujah. Hey, come with us to the party Friday night. Come with us to the game. Well, I'd love to, but my preacher won't let me. Or you ought to respond by saying, I tell you what, you need to come to church with me. You've never felt anything. You've never heard anything. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands and thank God that He counted you faithful? Put you in the church. Put you in the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to close with one more passage of Scripture. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Peter 1 verses 4 through 10. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Listen to this. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things if you do these things you shall never fall if you do what I preached here tonight you're going to make it you're going to be saved you're going to have some struggles you'll make some mistakes but if you'll do what I preached here tonight you're going to make it young person you're going to make it you don't have to backslide and go to the world to appreciate the church you can stay in church and fall in love with the things of God. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands and praise Him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what I want to do at the close of this service? I know that we're maybe looking, thinking maybe an altar service and whatever. And I'm sorry. I mean, there's times we've done that. But I want, first of all, Brother and Sister Perez to come. Stand in the front here, the pastor of this church. And then I want, if you'll, if you'll stand there and face me, Brother Perez. And, and then I want the other pastors that are here tonight if you're here with your wife to come and stand also to either side of them or behind them we're going to pray for these pastors tonight brother Perez this local pastor amen but we want to pray for all these pastors because they've got a heavy load to carry some of them are Struggling to carve out churches out of bare rock. It's not easy. The devil fights and opposes and even strikes at their own family as we heard tonight. Instead of judging them, we had to pray for them. Come, come in, brother. Come in close if you would. Are these all the pastors here tonight. Amen. Alright, the rest of the ministry, if you'll gather in around behind them if you would. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you love your preacher? Do you love your man of God? Are you thankful for somebody that will preach the truth to you? I'll tell you what, while they're praying for each other, why don't you lift your hand and stretch it out this way? And let's pray for the ministry tonight. Jesus, we call on your name. We call on your name. We pray your blessing, God. We pray your blessing upon these precious folks. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Give them strength. Give them fortitude. Give them courage, God. Hallelujah. Help them, Jesus, to be able to stand even when they're weak, when they're tired. Oh, Lord, when they're, when they're weary, when they're confused. Oh, God. Lord Jesus, strengthen them. Hold up the hands of the ministry tonight. Hold up the hands of the ministry tonight. Yes, Jesus, in your precious name, in your precious name, in your precious name, in your precious name, Ilorobo Shatalaba Kaya If you're standing next to somebody and it's appropriate, man with man, husband with wife, lady with lady, reach over and put a hand on somebody's shoulder standing next to you and pray for one another if it's appropriate. Come on, everybody throughout this congregation. Let's pray for one another. Oh, Lord, help my brother. Help my sister. Whatever their trials are, whatever their challenges, whatever their difficulties, help them tonight, God. Encourage them. Lift them up. Help them, Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord.
strong talking times. Come on, press on, pray on, dig deep. Come on, press on through in Jesus' name. Desire. 